episode three zero. That's right. We're in the thirties now. Happy thirtieth, Internet. Happy thirtieth, Internet. <laughs> I'm Forrest Hall. I'm here with Antoinette Allen. This is Real Church Matters. We're talking real church matters because real church matters. And uh, going right into housekeeping, you can go to realchurchmatters.com. That'll take you to the episodes. Of course, there's the scripture breakdowns of those episodes. I'm constantly trying to get them all up to date. If you go back to some of the first episodes, you'll look and see no scriptures there. But I'm working on it. Trying to get it all together. Also, on the website, there is a link to the iTunes if you feel more comfortable doing iTunes. So please, by all means, subscribe to iTunes if that's what you like to do. Rate us. Rate us. Review us. Share it with your friends. Share it with your friends. SoundCloud, some of you are more comfortable with that. Please, by all means, never hesitate to do the SoundCloud. I think that you'll enjoy it either way. Um. So what else? I, I just lost my train. <laughs> uh, follow us at, at Real Church Matters on yeah. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Right, and there's also links on the uh, page to go to Go Do Likewise. Yes, you can follow me at Go Do Likewise, and to check out any of my blogs, you can go to LikewiseLife.com. Right, and there's also a link to the Patreon, which is Patreon.com forward slash. Real Church Matters, and we thank each and every person who's given. Uh, We are releasing the first uh, Little More Matters episode this this week. week. We promise. We're also very close to finishing the Mm t-shirts. There's a special t-shirt that we're going to be giving out to those who um, give $10 or more through Patreon. Um, And then there will be other t-shirts that will be available for anyone to uh, purchase. Yep. So be on the lookout because we'll be sending an email just to get your sizes and things like that. So be on the lookout. Yes. And we're excited about all of that. Um, go do likewise. We said that already, bro. You said something about that? Mm-hmm. What did you say? I said you can follow me at go do likewise. And I said you can check out any of my old blogs at likewiselife.com. Okay, we got your focus. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so jumping into episode 30, the big 3-0, we're getting mature. We've gotten out of those uh, those terrible twos. We're out of the teenage stage. We're we're beyond our 20s now. We already made all our mistakes. (laughs) Yeah, we we got it all out the way, and and we're starting 30 off with a bunch of... uh, Wisdom. Wisdom. And forgotten lines and all a, that. A little, a little disconnected, but we're gonna get into it. Yes. So let's get to it. Episode thirty will be about sadness, and uh, just it's interesting because a lot of people deal with sadness. It's something that uh, you know, is constantly in a conversation these days when people are talking about mental illness, which seems to be um, one of the hot button topics that people uh, are talking about these days. But I really wanted to go into just sadness, just sadness. 
<laughs> I'm trying to talk upbeat about sadness. <laughs> it's not easy. But it, um, I I mean we 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 honestly don't have a a, a bottom line to it. But I just wanted to take a journey with sadness and see where this takes us. Of course, these are just conversations. And so let's jump into it. Um, I found an interesting scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 3 says, Sorrow is better than laughter. For by sadness of face, the heart is made glad. And this made me think that there is a gladness in sadness. But what in the world is that? Like, what could you possibly get out of sadness or sorrow where, or grief where you can say, this is better than laughter? Mm-hmm. It says, for by the sadness of face, the heart is made glad. And what I take away from that is, is that there's so much we can learn from exploring the sadness in our hearts. Yeah, especially when you think of like people like me who don't like cry often, but when I do, it's like a full on shebang. And then like if I'm around someone and they'll ask me, you know, why am I sad? Why am I crying? It's like you you actually are discovering why you're sad and why you're yeah. crying. That's a little netty snapple fact. Yeah. She doesn't cry often. Nope. <laughs> I cry a lot. A whole lot. I cry on everything. <laughs> I've been crying since Mufasa died. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, literally, guys, like, we'll go to the movies and I'll just look over and it's just a puddle of tears. Yeah, yeah on I'm, his a, I'm face. a crier. <laughs> I, I'm very in touch with those feelings and I'm always ready to explore them. And this scripture kind of helps me understand why that's so beneficial because we learn so much from exploring the depths of our sadness. Mm-hmm. I don't think people do. I think we experience it. We're almost in it, but we're not looking around at the scenery. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're almost in a car, you're going on a field trip, and you're just focused on the destination, and you barely, rarely take time to just look around and see the experience that you're having right now. Sure. And a lot of times when we are sad... We are just looking for that next happiness. Mm -hmm. Instead of taking a stop for a moment in the midst of our sadness and looking and saying, what's going on? Right. And I think that in in that, we can find a resolve. We can deal with some issues that we may not have dealt with before when everything was happy time. Right. When you were smiling and you were full of joy. There are things that were still deep in the recesses of your heart that you may not have dealt with. Yeah, because it's like sadness is like a state of mind. So it's like even when you find, you know, distractions and stuff, that state is kind of still there. Absolutely. And it's I love that. Yeah. It's like being in a state. You can drive for miles, Mm -hmm. but you have gone somewhere, but you haven't left that state. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's how we are. We're constantly moving in our life from one happiness to the next, Mm -hmm. but there's still a state of mind that we have to at some point deal with. I appreciate that, that note. And what that sadness produces is interesting. It is. It's interesting. A lot of people, it, it, 
causes them to make bad decisions. <laughs> it causes them to become lazy. It causes, you know, it gets worse to progresses to depression. Yeah. Like it, it goes a lot of different ways. We're going to go deeper into it. So 2 Corinthians <laughs> chapter 7, verse 8 through 10, he says, Paul is writing a letter. And in writing that letter, it caused them to feel a way. Mm-hmm. He, he, he said, for even if I made you grieve with my letter, I do not regret it. And Paul is kind of taken from this Solomon mentality where making you sad is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, making you sad makes me thing. glad. Mm-hmm. He said, I don't regret it at all, though I did regret it. He said, for I see that the letter grieved you, though only for a little while. Mm-hmm. As it is, verse 9, I rejoice not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. repenting. Yep. For you felt a godly grief, so that you suffered no loss through us. Verse 10, for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces what? Death. Death. We can tell what we have going on by what this sadness produces. That's true. What is that sadness producing you? Like you said, you, so for some people, it produces laziness. For some people, it produces isolation. For some people, it produces uh, eating. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. P- drug use, alcohol abuse, uh, domestic violence, violence of other kinds, mm-hmm. bitterness, resentment, anxiety, panic. All these things can come from this broken, sad, grieved, sorrowful heart mm-hmm. that nobody is really tending to because when you look in there and start to see, I am sad, but what is my sadness producing? Mm-hmm. Or even when you think of the root of most, well, all sadness is always that we aren't getting what we want. Yeah. So when you think of it like that, that helps you it helps see you kind of see. Yeah. But, but that's what happens when we're having this sadness that doesn't produce a a, a sense of pr- repentance. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't lead to us desiring God. It doesn't lead to us growing closer with God. No. When we don't have that type of sadness. The, the sadness we have produces death. Right. It produces something that causes us to go down a dark path. Sure. Death in every respect. It's not talking about when you're sad, you die. We're talking about when you're sad, you are devoid without, this is not a godly sadness. He said this type of sadness produces everything that is devoid of God. Mm-hmm. That's what death is. Or even the way he's talking about in this letter, it's like it, it made them realize him realize something about them, like the fact that you read this and you were affected enough to repent. Yeah, that that says a lot. Or even the interesting thing of what he said made them sad. Yeah, it's like Paul is all about the gospel, and the gospel is the good news. But how in the world is it that the good news makes us sad? Mm-hmm. I think it reveals something about Christians. It does. And he's writing to some Christians. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we're sitting and listening to messages that make us sad. Oftentimes we're hearing the voice of God in our lives and it makes us sad. Oftentimes we're being encouraged by people through the word and it makes us sad. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we're reading the word ourselves and it makes us sad. I know there were times where I closed the Bible angry. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's times where I was studying the Bible, angry, upset. Why? Because I was confronted with a truth. This good news didn't feel good. This good news didn't feel so good. Why? Because it revealed the truth of my sadness. Yeah, it's, it's, the word is not like a pick-me-up. It's, it's just not. <laughs> like, people try to sell it like it is, but yeah. because we, when you're in a certain state, it's just— Because they just follow in the Scriptures. The Scriptures calls this stuff good news. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's good news, but it's not good news to you. Mm-hmm. It's not— you know, I think we said that before one mm-hmm. of our podcasts, but it's not good news to us. It's not so, good news to your flesh. Not not to your flesh. <laughs> it, it's like whatever he said in that letter, and, and you could go back and read the chapters because the letter he's referencing to is the previous chapters. But whatever he's saying, it caused them sadness because it bared the truth about their lives. Yep. And oftentimes, that type of sadness is good. I know you don't want to be sad, but it's good for you. Mm-hmm. When you're in church and the pastor says something that hurts your feelings, that's good. Yes. He, he should be happy about it. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't feel bad about it. Sometimes when you're sitting with your friends and your family or people at work and you're sharing a word with them, uh, and I'm not talking about you being malicious and stuff. <laughs> I'm talking about you just sharing the good news. Yeah. You retaining the love and the, the 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 genuineness and the kindness of the good news, but their response is negative. Right. It's okay. It's almost like the fact that it even resonates enough to bring something out of you is enough that it is it's doing its job. It's doing its job. It is. And that's the that's the hard part. Is that there's times where my mama was sitting and talking to me and she's saying things that God wants from me. And the more she was saying it, it had an anxiety in my heart. And mm-hmm. it, I began to get sad and I began to panic when people told me, hey, you, you, you're going to preach. I didn't hear that news with, with, with happiness. That no. wasn't good news to me. Mm-mm. That news made me sad. But why I was sad... I had to stop one day and realize why. And us kind of going through that stuff mm-hmm. is the is the really the crux of what we try and get to today is for you folks out there who are sad, it's time for you to sit down and unpack that sadness. Yeah. Don't try to co- cover it up. You you really can't. You really can't. <laughs> you need to sit, unpack that sadness, see why you're sad, be honest with it, and let's get to the brass tacks because some of you might be sad because of what God said. And some of you might be sad because of what the world said, of what you said. He said that type of sadness breeds death. Death. Mm -hmm. But if you're sad because of what God said, good news. I got some good news for you. Mm -hmm. Your sadness will turn to gladness. Your sadness will turn to gladness. Perfect example. Matthew 19, 16 through 12. And we talked about the rich young ruler before, but just for sake of being in the episode, mm-hmm. <laughs> because not everybody have heard every episode, we'll read it again. And verse 16 says, And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep my commandments. Mm-hmm. Verse 18, he says, to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. 
You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your mother and father, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Rich man heard all of that, and he said, I've kept all of those. (laughs) What do I lack? And Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. 22, when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had had great Great possessions. possessions. Let's look a little deeper. Luke 18, 22 through 24, another telling of it says, when Jesus heard this, he said, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. 23, but he, but when he heard these things, he became very sad for he was extremely rich. Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, how difficult is it for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Jesus saw he was sad. Mm-hmm. He, he was sad. Why? Was he sad because he had money? No. Was he sad because he had money? Yes. Both of those <laughs> At things. Because literally the things that make us happy are the things that are making us sad. Yeah. We don't like that reality. Yeah. That is why you see people respond to good news in a bad way. Because you don't like the fact that the thing that makes you happy makes like you sad. sad too. Yeah, he's this example is the perfect. I mean, this story is the perfect example of the phrase everyone says: um, "You want your cake and eat it too." It's like you want to hold on to the very thing you want to yeah. devour. You want to hold on to the very thing <laughs> that you don't even realize is the reason you want to come to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? He, he's like, I, I want to know how I could get eternal life. Jesus is like, great. The way to eternal life is to follow me. But he can't follow Jesus because he's already following something else. else. Yep. And that reality makes us sad. Yep. Tough times in my 20s, Ned. Tough times in my 20s. Why? Gave my life to Jesus at 19. Wanted some Jesus, man. <laughs> Knew one thing, I just wanted to go to heaven. Knew two things, I didn't want to feel wrong all the time no more. Mm -hmm. Knew three things, I never felt happy and I never had peace. And I wanted some of that peace. Mm -hmm. I wanted a piece of peace. Matter (laughs) of fact, I didn't want a piece. I wanted the whole piece of peace. (laughs) I wanted the whole shebang. Mm -hmm. But when I started to go down that Jesus road, something happened. Mm -hmm. I realized in order to have all the things I wanted from Jesus, I had to give up all the things I wanted for Forrest. Sorry? Made me sad. Yeah. I struggled with that for the next 11 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't until I, I hit my 20, I mean my 30s. It wasn't until I probably was 28 or 29 where I came to this realization that I had to let go. Yeah. And that makes us sad. Yeah, and then most of the time, like, because we're talking about him wanting to let go of his riches, but I feel like with us, it's more letting go of even, like, lifestyles and, like, our way of thinking about things. It's like knowing we have to give up our hopes and dreams of, you know, 
having these certain type of lives and stuff like that, knowing we have to give all that up. It makes us sad. Yeah. A lot of times, even when you hear people like, you know, I'm really, I'm not really in the church. It's not that you're not in the God. It's not that you're not in the church. It's not that you're not in the Jesus. Mm-hmm. You'd be cool with Jesus if Jesus wasn't so uptight <laughs> and trying to make you let go of things and hold on to him. Yeah. If Jesus wasn't trying to make you stop following that and start following him, yep. you'd be cool Everybody with Jesus. Everybody would be down Everybody with him. Everybody would be down with him. But because he's saying these things, they create a sense of sadness. Yeah. And this isn't godly sadness. His sadness wasn't godly sadness. because no, he walked away. <laughs> he walked away. Yeah. The sadness, this godly sadness, drives us to Christ. That's right. See, my sadness brought me to him. But this other sadness will draw me away from. Mm-hmm. And it almost did. I almost was done with church. Nat. I almost was like, well, I didn't sign up for Jesus to have this struggle. Yeah, I didn't sign up with Jesus to have this pain. I didn't sign up for, with Jesus to be sad like this. Yeah, it's like you leave one struggle to enter a whole new one. A whole nother one. But one that actually produces, produces something, something great. Yeah. Which is what Solomon was saying in Ecclesiastes. He's mm-hmm. like, this type of sadness... Ooh, it does the heart good. That's right. Does the heart good? We don't want it to do that. We we want the heart to be good without us having to be good. Yeah, because we feel like because we've already made the effort of accepting him in our lives, and you know yeah. that 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 was enough to bring me you know happiness, yeah. right? Right. But no. <laughs> and, and this is the awesome thing is like I see so many sad Christians. Yeah. So many. Yeah. Like, they're not happy with their lives at all. No. And what it boils down to, Antoinette, is that they're just like the rich young ruler. They're the poor young ruler. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of times we're that person. Yeah. We're, we're like, what do I need to do, Jesus? Just real quick. I don't got much time. I'm on a time constraint. What do I need to do to get into heaven? Let me know. I'll go ahead and go start doing that and all this following stuff. It's like, it's crazy. Those, hey, much respect to those disciples. <laughs> they follow you wherever you go. I, I, I have much respect for them. We do that. Mm-hmm. Much respect to the pastor. Much respect to the ministers. Man, them ministers are awesome. I hear that all the time. Minister Forrest, man, you really preach the word. Man, you really teach. Man, the way you live your life, man, I, props to you, man. What about you, Doug? Right. What about you? Yeah. You talk to him about stuff, they're like, yeah, that, that's easier said than done. I mean, for you, it's not because you're a minister. <laughs> no, it, it, you don't understand. It's for all of us. Yeah. So you just like that rich young ruler, you like, this is cool. All of that is awesome. You're an awesome guy. Love you, Jesus. Deuces. <laughs> Tell me what I need to do. Oh, that? I do that. We're good. <laughs> yeah. She's like, no, it's one more thing, bro. One more thing you lack. You do not have the ability to let go of you to have me. Yeah. And that's where our sadness comes from. Yeah. Let's be honest with it, Christians who are sad. <laughs> Christians who are sad, hello. Or don't even know they're sad. Don't even know <laughs> why you're sad because you never unpacked it. Yeah. That's why we started it. Let's talk about unpacking it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you unpacked it and you laid it out and you realize, man, he bowling down my alley. <laughs> then I'm talking to you right now when I tell you. You can have gladness in your sadness if you let go of you and follow Christ. You don't have to be a sad Christian no more. You're a sad Christian because you still want something that you really don't want. You don't want what 
produces from those things, but you still want those things. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm saying. You're in a real weird position. You know, uh, Lot told his wife, God is about to destroy this place. Let's go. She packed her bags. It's not like she said, no, I don't care if he destroys this place. I'm staying. No, she, was, she wasn't that dumb. All right. She packed her bags, but when it came time to go, she couldn't let go. Mm-hmm. She still turned around. That's what the she scripture did. says, remember Lot's wife. Yep. She still turned around and got turned into a pillar of salt because even though she knew enough to go, she didn't know enough to let go. Mm. Yeah. That's us. And because that's us, even when we pack our bags and try to move from sad town to happy town, try to move from ignorance to light, anytime we try to move from darkness to light, you get what I'm saying? When we're trying to do these things, it makes sense until we realize it's not enough to pack your bags and say goodbye. It's You have to really mean it. Yeah. You can't start leaving and look back and think fondly of something that was hurting you. Sure. You can't leave and look back at your past life as something that was happy, as something that was enjoyable. (laughs) You got to let go. And it's even worse these days because, you know, we take so many pictures and memories and we always got reminders of what we used to do and how we used to be. And it's just like you get caught up in this I had to come to terms (laughs) with that. We go through that phase yeah. as Christians where we think very fondly of our past. I've sat in enough men's fellowships to hear enough testimonies where I'm like, Doug, if you had an opportunity to stay in that, you would have spent, you'd still be there. Mm-hmm. Man, I had women everywhere, money stacked to the <laughs> ceiling. So much money, I didn't know what to do with it. Uh, bro, you okay? Snap, snap out of it. You're supposed to be telling me. But you, I left it all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you left it all. Yeah. I, I really feel like don't it, it pride destroyed you. I think you. it left you. <laughs> it left you. <laughs> left you without, and then you was like, I better come to Jesus. Right. Tell the true story. Yeah. When or you, even like with relationships and stuff. We love to come up with reasons why I ended and all this stuff. Like <laughs> Yeah. Let's keep it, keep it all a thousand. the way a thousand because what you're dealing with is a reality that you aren't really interested in, and it creates that sadness. Yeah. And we have to deal with that. 1 Timothy 6, 9 through 11 says, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covet after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. This very thing that you want is hurting you. Yeah. It's not just money. Look at those key words there. He's talking about something causing us to fall into a temptation and a snare. Forget money. What is it that's causing you to fall into temptations and snares, Mm -hmm. which are traps? Fall into those temptations and traps are what caused you to want to come to Jesus in the first place. What is it that had you caught up in so many foolish and hurtful lusts? Things that you look back on and say, I was stupid. Things that you look back on and say, that hurt me. What is it? It might not be money. Mm -mm. 
What is it that caused you to drown in so much destruction and perdition? So much destruction and sin. That's what perdition means. Mm -hmm. What is it that caused you to be caught up in so much drama? That's destruction. So much strife. That's destruction. So much chaos. That's destruction. What caused you to be so laden down with sin that you even thought of coming to Jesus? Yeah. In the first place. And if you dig down to the root of it, it's always our desires. Like, it's always on every level. Our desires destroy us. Think about it. He said the love of fill in the blank. (laughs) The love of anything other than God is the root of all evil. You want to know why you said it's because you have the love of insert whatever it is other than Jesus. And it's. Hard for people to swallow because it's like, it's a pill hard for people to swallow (laughs) because that can mean anything. It can mean your children. It can mean your husband. It can mean your mom. It can mean a whole slew of things beyond money. The things that you love become temptations and snares. The things that you love put you in many hurt. Foolish and hurtful lusts. The things that you love cause you to drown in destruction and sin. Yeah. And you like, not my family. Okay. <laughs> Tell somebody hurt you. Yeah. Or you do something so stupid just because it's family over everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, these are the things that we're doing. And he said, because of these things, we covet after and we've erred in the faith. Mm. Erred from the faith. He says, they have pierced us with many sorrows. These are the causes of our sadness. Mm-hmm. The love of whatever it is is the cause of your sadness. Yeah. It's even a scripture in Proverbs where he talks about um how he God frustrates us with our appetites. Like how our appetites like frustrate us. Yeah. It's like you're so focused on what you want and it brings frustration. This is why death hurts people. Mm-hmm. Cause at the end of the day, it's that love of that person. That causes you to do foolish and hurtful things. Yep. It's the love of that person that has caused such destruction and perdition in your life. Yep. You see people die and then people start drinking and, and acting chaotic. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're not even honoring this person. No. You got the liquor in your hand and you're like, I loved her. Pouring one how, out for her. <laughs> how much did you love her if you destroying yourself for her sake? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. These are the realities. But this we- is what our heart does. Our heart produces death. Death. Yeah. Sadness that is not godly sadness produces death. Mm-hmm. It produces a death. And he's saying in verse 11, but, but thou, O man of God, flee these things. Follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. We should be following after those things. But you, if you have a sadness of this world, because this world don't give you nothing but sadness. Nothing but it. If you have a sadness of this world, you will be caught up in temptation, snares, foolish and hurtful lusts, destruction and perdition. But if you have a sadness produced by God, it's going to cause you to follow what? Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, Patience, meekness. These are the things that you're going to run after yes. because it's a good sadness. That's right. It's that sadness where you like, oh, I just got this thing in my heart. Like, I, 
I don't like where my life is going. I want this to be better. Not the sadness of, I don't like where my life is going. I got to do something about it. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to kill myself. Whoa, whoa, what's happening? Yeah. This is the type of sadness. We have to unpack our sadnesses and realize what's going on. You may be sad that somebody died in your life. You could have had a sister die, a mother, a grandmother. You could have had a child die. And they, they, you're overcome with sadness, not realizing that sadness will produce something deadlier than the death of that person. Wow. Yeah. It's real. It's true. Proverbs 10 and 22 says something that goes right along with that scripture. He said, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Mm. That's why we follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. That's why I follow after God. That's, That's right. why I follow his word, because I was tired of having things that gave me sorrow. Yeah. I want the things that have no sorrow with Attached it. to it. <laughs> yeah. No sorrow with it. Mm -hmm. That's what we had a scripture before um, that I shared in Bible study. He said, sin has a deceptive wage. Mm. I want you to understand there's a sorrow tax connected to the wage of sin. There's a sorrow tax connected to the things of this world. Yeah, it feel good, smell good, look good, ride good. Ooh, I don't even know why, why I said ride good. I, I'm talking about a car. Car. <laughs> For some people. Or, yeah, when you know, hey, matter of fact. Keep that in there. Whatever it is. <laughs> it's a sorrow attached to it. That's right. It's a sorrow attached to it. It is. And it connects us with so many hurts, so many pains, that we can't r resolve the sorrow in our heart. Yeah. And we just, we just look at the innocence of it, though. Like how you listed all those things about family and stuff. You just see the innocence. Like, it's just this. It's just that. But like you said, it's, it brings all that stuff attached to yeah. it. It all has... Sadness so you, so you telling me, Antoinette, I ain't supposed to love my family? I, what I'm telling you is that that immediate, direct love with your family is poison. Yep. Think of it this way. You can't just pull those, uh, remember those little cans of orange juice out the freezer? Mm -hmm. You can't just pop that can open and eat it. No. It's concentrated. Mm -hmm. In order for you to really digest that, Healthily, you, you need to ha add water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to let it thaw. <laughs> she said you got to let it thaw out. I thought he was going to go through the whole <laughs> process. I know. Sometimes it do be weird. Like, I do go weird like that. But no, you just, <laughs> just got to add water. Just add water, Dad. But you got to throw you it know. out first because it's in the freezer. No, yeah, just add water. Okay. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> And that's how we are. Hot water. It's a thought of. No, no, hot water. Because it's frozen. You just add water. Okay. It's going to work out. You stir and it'll all work out. Okay. You don't want warm. No, it don't work that way. Right. I don't even want no orange juice you was making. <laughs> <laughs> but I can love you better when I add God to it. Yeah. Trying to love you without God is too much. Mm -hmm. It's not good for me. That's why you find yourself frustrated, and that's why they consider Christians like pessimistic and stuff. Because it's just like <laughs> you're so everything <laughs> you're so connected to everything people do, yeah. and 
you're responding to it, and it will make you sad if you're not connected to God. We quote these scriptures, but we don't live them. Yeah. I can do all things through Christ. You can. So why are you doing that without him? Mm-hmm. You're supposed to do it through him, not without him. Mm-hmm. You can't do it and just quote scriptures. That's not doing it through him. Doing it through him is doing it because he told you to. That's right. Doing it through him is obedience. That is the portal in which we say, I'm doing it through God. Mm -hmm. You're doing it through God because you're doing it by God because he told you to. That's right. Come on, let's not play with these words and just throw stuff out. You talk about, I could do all things. And God's like, I didn't even tell you to apply for that job. I didn't tell you to apply for that job. I didn't grace you with the skills and abilities to do that job. You're going to take the job. You're going to do it incompetently. You're going to get fired. Or maybe you won't get fired. And you'll just be hovering in a dead-end job where the people don't want you there. And you don't want to be there for the next 10 years when you could have been somewhere else. I'm only reason I'm saying that is because I'm telling you my story. (laughs) These are the things that happen when you're doing things and you try to attach the word to it. That's Harry Potter stuff. <laughs> it is. That's Harry Potter stuff. We, we don't get to just throw the word of God on things yeah. and think that it's going to work out by itself. You have to apply the word of God to your life and it is manifested through obedience and it produces a fruit that has no sorrow with it. That's right. That's that unpacking process you were talking yes. about. You got to unpack that you gotta stuff. You got to unpack this and really look at this and see why you sad. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're going to title this. Maybe we title it, Why Christians So Sad. I was thinking maybe uh, uh, we could say, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I was about say? to say something. Uh, no, gladness and sadness. Oh, okay. There's gladness and, and sadness. sadness. But I don't know what we'll title it, but it really is boiling down to... We, we, we're trying to unpack and figure out why are Christians so sad? Yeah. And it's not even like sad, like where you're walking around moping. It's more like that lack of energy, that lack of... It's a lingering. Yeah. It's like a dull pain. Mm-hmm. It's like you got a toothache, but you really don't. It's like it's not enough to hurt you to the point where you can't even think straight. <laughs> but it's just a constant little dull pain. Right. You can still function. There's so many functional people in this world yes. who are dealing with things that are really hurting and they don't even know it hurt no more because they so used to it. Yes, You see so many people with no smiles on their faces. You see people with huge smiles. Or the, yeah, the delusional <laughs> happiness you know is a real thing. It's like, just so much going on in church that by the time you sit with somebody who had that big cheese on their, their face 10 minutes ago, by the time you sit with them and talk to them for five minutes, Antoinette, so- you don't even have to be five minutes. Two minutes. All you got to do is sometimes with some people just say, how you doing? Yes. Waterworks. Yes. Whoa, Nobody sis, I just asked, me. how you yeah. doing? I, I'm doing horrible. Sister, I would have never knew. You just told me you was blessed and highly favored. Yes. Now you look not so blessed and not so favored. What's happening? You're sad. Why are you sad? Yeah. And we take the easy way out. We hear that and we be like, oh, they're good. All right. That's what we're going to title. We just need to title it, Stop Playing Games. We're going to we title it, Why Are You Sad? Yeah. Why Are You Sad? I want to know. Matter of fact, if some people can reach out to us, you can email us at askme at realchurchmatters.com. You can Facebook us. You can Instagram us, tweet us. Tell us 
why you sad. Mm-hmm. Tell me why you used to be sad so we can share it with other people. So we can start to, to have a, a form, a discussion with this. Because this sadness, this ain't the sadness that leads to God. Mm-mm. It's not the sadness that leads to repentance. It's the sadness that leads to resentment. Yes. People hate church. Yes. They hate God. Mm-hmm. It, it, why? Because they had a sadness at the reality of his word. They caused a resentment, not the sadness that led them to the cross, mm-hmm. but the sadness that led them put their cross down, <laughs> the one that they supposed to pick up daily. Yeah. It almost make you feel for those pastors that, you know, they talk about prosperity preaching and all that stuff. It only it almost make you feel like maybe that's what they should do. What do you think they're doing it for? <laughs> yeah. One day they looked across the pulpit and they saw so many sad folks. And uh, people just need to be happy. They just yeah. need to be happy, man. There's no way that this can't be God. You know, they blame it on the message. <laughs> you gonna blame it on the message? So we changing the good news to make bad people happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no. We need to keep the good news and cause people who are in a bad way to feel bad about their bad way, <laughs> so they can come to the way. That's right. They got, this is what we have to do. Somebody, somebody I preached, uh, uh, you know, two Wednesdays ago. Somebody sent me a long email, and they were upset. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know what? I'm so offended. And I'm like, you know, it's cool. I didn't even respond to it because I, I want you to be upset. Mm-hmm. I want you to not like me. I want you to be hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy, and I'm not happy about it at the same time. Right. I wish it didn't have to come to this, but I'm glad it came to this. <laughs> this is how I am. You know, I, I just we have to have such confidence that we're sharing the truth. Yes. And it is good news. I'm not up there beating you upside the head. <laughs> I'm sharing good news with you. That when that good news make you feel bad, I'm happy. Yes. And humans are simple in that way. Like you say something they don't like, that means it resonated and you got them thinking. Oh yeah. Like yeah. humans are really that simple. Right. Like <laughs> Somebody said just yesterday, I, when I listen to you, I got to not I got to disconnect myself from it being you. Mm-hmm. So that I could just I could take it in, cause it's not always an easy pill to swallow. Yeah. But guess what? Bottoms up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I was listening to my niece. She was in her room and her father was coming in there to give her medicine, and she said, "No, I'm all better now." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "No, you still got to take this. Yeah, you may feel better, but I don't know if you feel better or if you're just saying it because you don't want to take this. But guess what?" That's why my job is not to listen to you. My job is to know what's best for you. Yep. Take this medicine. That's right. No, I'm all better. She <laughs> says, I, you know, I'm That's a how we do God, too, yeah, yeah. though. We be like, oh, no, I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm good. That's what, that's what the, the dude said. Yeah. He said, oh, do that? I'm good. Yeah. He's like, no, I got one more, one more spoonful. <laughs> one more spoon. Drop everything you have and follow me. That last spoonful is always it's, the it's hardest. It's always the killer. Yeah. Jesus come with the castor oil, boy. Oh. He come with the castor oil. I hated that stuff. Matthew 26, 37 through 38. 
And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful. Jesus began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Mm-hmm. We're in positions that I want to take it to those people who are going with sadness and are dealing with sadness and is, is hurting you and you're weighed down, you're heavy. Understand, Jesus was sorrowful at a time. Mm-hmm. He was sad at a time. Mm-hmm. And he grabbed three men and he said, remain here with me. Watch, Watch with, with me. me. Sometimes we got to just find some reliable people. That's all right. And we got to just say, can you just be here with me? I don't need you to talk my ear off. Right now, it's saying scripture time. Right now, you don't have to quote what Joyce Meyer said <laughs> or what whoever said. Right now, I just need you to sit here with me. Pray with me. That's all right. That's what uh, watch with me means. Mm-hmm. Pray with me. Luke twenty two forty four through 46 is another telling of it. And it says, and being in agony, Jesus prayed more earnestly. Wow. He said, pray so hard that the sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Mm. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. See, we have to understand that our sorrow, our sadness will cause us to lay down, but we can't take sadness laying down. Mm-mm. No. He said they were sleeping for sorrow. I almost want to get a t- make a T-shirt and be like, you can't take sadness lying down. You can't. That's a bar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We can't. We cannot take it lying down. He said, because when you do, you enter yourself into temptation. Mm-hmm. You took sadness lying down. Now you addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. Took sadness lying down. Now you pacifying your sadness with sex. You took sadness lying down. Now you're dealing with alcohol. Took sadness lying down. Now you're eating so much you've put on more weight than you ever had before. Yeah, you isolating yourself. You can't even stand to be around people. You sleep. I know what that all feels like. Day yeah. long. Don't tell me how you don't know why you're so tired. I'm telling you why you're so tired. you tired of life. Yes. You start out it's tired exhausting. of life and you get tired real life. <laughs> it's physiological. It is. First you're sick and tired, now you're tired. Yep. This situation is so potent that even Christ dealt with sadness. Yes. It's a human trait. It's, it comes with the, the body. It comes with the heart. It comes with the package. <laughs> it does. Now they say batteries not included or yeah. batteries included. Mm-hmm. Sorrow included. It is. Yeah. One, of the th- one of the punishments in Genesis, God said, you will eat of the earth and you'll eat it in sorrow. Mm. That was part of his punishment for Adam. <laughs> you'll eat it in sorrow. Mm-hmm. We're going to live this life in sorrow. It wasn't long before his son had sorrow. God looked at Cain and said, what's wrong with your face? Fix your face. What's wrong? You giving me this in sorrow, in sadness. Mm-hmm. Why, why are you so sad? Why are you so sad? Didn't deal with it, though. Didn't unpack it. Mm-hmm. Didn't address it like God told him to. And it led End him up to- killing his brother. Yep. 
This is the reality. And I just, I no, was just thinking on. about men, like especially. They don't yeah. know how to deal with sadness. I feel like women, we a little, you know. <laughs> Look at the trouble that's in this world. Yeah. Look at the anger. People like, where's the, the men? Where are our men? Or even Prince George County, they're trying to get men rallied up to, you know, stand in front of the schools and greet all the students the first day of school. Everybody wondering where are, where are men at and stuff. Where they at? A lot of people Sad. don't. Sad. Yeah. You look at it, they like, look at the, the young men. They got anger in their eyes. You see them and you cross the street. You can't understand that anger is not anger, it's sadness. It's rooted in sadness. It's rooted in sadness. And that sadness produces death. Mm-hmm. The death tolls ain't going to stop going up in any of these inner cities. Chaos is going to reign as long as sadness is allowed to, what, take root in our heart because we don't take it standing up. Mm-hmm. We take it lying down. Yep. And it like... produces these temptations. He said, I need y'all to wake up, man. Why are you sleeping? He said, rise and pray. I'm telling y'all right now, rise and pray. I'm, I, You know, people be like, you know, I, I don't want to tell people to do stuff because I don't want to be in trouble for <laughs> them doing it. Right. I, I, You may say, what what qualifications do I have to to diagnose you and and give you a, a prognosis and give you? I'm just telling you, sister, brother, don't take sadness lying down. Yes, rise and pray. Yeah, I was encouraging my friend the other day. She's telling, saying she was losing her mind and stuff like. I was like, cut your phone off, get in the word. Cut your friends off. You know, cut off all the things that are bringing all this stuff to you. Focus solely on the word and yeah. staying under prayer. Get your mind back. Like, you know. Get it back. You got to fight. and pray. You got to analyze your package. You got to look in there and really dig deep. Dig deep. Rise and pray. And don't just pray. No penny any prayer. Yeah. He said he was in such agony. Mm-hmm. Did he pray more? Yes. So aggressively that the sweat was like drops of blood. Mm-hmm. We're not doing We're that, We're not though. doing that. Mm-mm. We're not doing that. You're not praying aggressively. You'll pray for five minutes and be like, I tried to pray. I, I still don't feel better. I tried all that. <laughs> I tr-. No, you did not do it. Rise and pray. Some of you... You take sadness lying down so much, I don't even want you to lay and pray. You don't need to kneel and pray. You need to rise and pray. You need to stand up. You need to walk around your house and pray. You need to walk around your room and pray. You need to actually take advantage of the power that has been given to you. Because if you take it lying down, you're going to give way to temptation. Mm -hmm. You're going to. John 16, 5 through 7, to close it all out. Because I'm getting excited now. This is serious stuff. It is. Five says, but now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you ask, where are you going? This is Jesus talking. He's talking to disciples. And he said, none of them asked where he was going. Mm. He said, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Mm. It's the reality of the situation brings sadness to us. Mm-hmm. Y'all know the realities of your life that bring sadness to you. Yes. The things that you don't want to talk about. <laughs> because the minute I talk about them, they 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 overwhelm me. Yeah. And they, they almost offend you even that you yeah. even brought them up. Because it's just like, I don't want to go there. Nope. I don't I don't even want to talk about this. it. I can't take this. Yeah. We sister, we need to talk about this guy that's hitting you. 
I don't want to talk about it. Brother, we need to talk about these drugs that are tearing you up. I don't want to talk about it. Sister, we need to talk about this eviction notice. We need to talk about this money that's gone. We need to talk about this child that died. We need to talk about this child that died. I know it was 10 years ago. We need to talk about it now. We need to talk about those abortions you had. We need to talk about these things. Why? When I talk about them, when I bring up these realities, what has to happen, what has to happen, it causes sorrow in your heart. Jesus is like, I have to go. Yeah. I'm going to die. Nobody wants to talk about that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to die. They didn't want to hear it. No. Sorrow filled their heart. He said, nevertheless, we have to be the nevertheless people. That's right. You, me, we all have to be nevertheless people. Mm-hmm. We can't see the sadness well in the tears well up in people's eyes and then back off. <laughs> we need to be nevertheless. Yes. I I know you didn't want to hear this. You told me a situation where you said something, somebody didn't respond right. And then the next day, they was like, you know what? I wasn't ready for that. But I'm glad you said that. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you told me that. Why? We have to be the nevertheless people. People. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This ain't ain't popular. It's not fun. It's not happy. Trust me. Telling people the truth is not telling them they're going to hell. No. <laughs> telling them the reality of reality is what's going to help them. Yeah. Don't tell me the reality of something that I will not experience right now. Yeah. Tell me the reality of reality. People love to talk about, oh, I'm just the type of person. People gravitate towards me. Let you start telling the truth. <laughs> People will gravitate away from you real Let quick. Let you start dealing with the reality mm-hmm. of reality. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth to your advantage. Yes. You got to understand This is for our advantage. Mm -hmm. What God is telling us is for our advantage. He's saying that if you, you have to understand there's a bigger picture. Our sadness goes away when we get the bigger picture. When you understand there's a bigger picture why that person had to die. When you understand there's a bigger picture why you had to lose your job. You understand there's a bigger picture why you had to deal with the heartache and the pain you dealt with. When you understand there's a bigger picture why God put you in the family that he put you in, even though it was full of dysfunction and abuse and chaos. When you understand it was to your advantage. Yes. (laughs) Even when you think of an advantage, it's like it's something that put you ahead of somebody else or something else. You know what I mean? It's almost like you're getting inside. Like, it's for your for, good. Yeah. It's for your good. I'm putting you in the best position possible. <laughs> Why? What is he giving me an advantage of? Life. Yes. He's giving me an advantage. Of, he said, it's your, to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, if, I, if you did not lose that job, if you did not get your heart broke, if you did not have the father you had or the mother you had, he said the helper would not have come to you. Would not have come to you. The helper would not have come to you. <laughs> I am a Christian today because of the things that God put in my life. And even though the reality of those things hurt, I need to accept them. Not be resentment, you know, filled with resentment or bitterness or anger. I need to accept them yes. because they put me in the advantage of having my helper. That's right. He said, but if I go, I'll send them to you. <laughs> if I go, I'll send them to you. If you go through that, I'll send him yes. to you. You got to accept it. 
Some of us, we got to, as we close out, I want you to, to really think about this. Some of you are sad because of what God is asking of you. Some of you are sad because of the reality that you don't want to face, the facts that you don't want to face. But understand, those realities are so that he can be a reality to you. That's right. That's a bar. He has to be made real to you. He has to, if you, you, all of us say we want God to be real, he is going to be real through the realities Mm -hmm. of your life. That's right. That's the bar. Yeah. He's going to be real through the realities of your life. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to come to terms with it. Let sadness go. He said, there's no reason to be sad, guys. No reason to be sad. You have the advantage. You have the advantage now. You can't have it if I'm in the way. Mm Mm-hmm. I gotta go. And speaking of gotta go, <laughs> we gotta go. Episode 30 was something else. We grown and sexy now. <laughs> We're 30 out <laughs> here. Episode 30, Real Church Matters. Why are you saying? Tell me. Tell us. We started the conversation. We want y'all to finish. God bless. <laughs>